Good morning and welcome to Contact on Connect FM. I'm your host, Michael Clement. In 1974, President Ford designated the third week in May as EMS week. And so this morning we're sitting down with some of our finest EMS workers, uh, Jordan Anthony and Josh McMahon. And so when we come back, we're going to have a great conversation around uh, their service to our community and what all goes on to the EMS world. But we certainly honor them this EMS week. Contact on Connect FM is brought to you in part by Community County Services for local family-based mental health. Hi folks, are you having problems with your child at home? Is their behavior a problem? Are you at your wit's end? If so, call us for more information. Community County Services, we provide family-based mental health. Call for information at 371-8066. We work to help you keep your family together in a healthy way. Community County Services, 371-8066. Welcome back to Contact on Connect FM. I'm your host, Michael Clement. This morning, we're sitting down with Jordan Anthony and Josh McMahon, uh, two wonderful guys I've been chatting with this morning who serve our community graciously and sacrificially through uh, EMS. And they're going to talk to us about how they do that and where they work and uh, hopefully get some interesting stories from these guys. I think uh, you're going to enjoy this conversation. They're lively. And well, good morning, Jordan and Josh. Good morning. morning. Thank you for uh, making time to stop in on contact on this uh, very important week to honor all of our EMS workers. Thank you. Jordan, Jordan Anthony, we're going to, I'm sorry, we're going to start with Josh McMahon, (laughs) and I want to confuse you two because you're both (laughs) J&J, but Josh McMahon, uh, good morning, and thank you for coming in. Uh, Why don't you tell us uh, who you are and how you got involved in the EMS world? Uh, well, my name is Josh McGinn. I'm the deputy director for AMSERV Doosan Community Ambulance. Um, my grandfather actually is the one who got me in it. I hung out with him whenever I was younger. Fire hall, ambulance station, always wanted to do it. Always had an interest in the medical field. Um, so in 2004, got my EMT, started working at Doosan, uh, became a paramedic in 2012, and been there for the last 19 years now. 19 years. Yep, 19 years. It went by pretty fast, it sounds like. Yes, uh, absolutely. Yep. So can you tell us a little bit uh, maybe about that, like in your 19 years uh, as you reflect on it? Um, I assume you're not leaving anytime soon, but 19 years is a long time. Uh, certainly you've seen a lot of things in the EMS world. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just about everything. Um, a lot of people think like the glory calls, car accidents, stuff like that are the ones that, but for me, it's not. Um, I've run into people outside of work, out in the general public. I'll run into people at Sheets or Choice or, you know, the grocery store or whatever like that, and they'll come up to me and thank me, and it's for something not serious like a car accident, but it's serious to them in that that moment of their time. Those are the calls that stick out a lot. I mean, everybody remembers the car accidents. Sure. They remember the gore. They remember the blood. They remember the guts. But the ones that stick out the most are the people you run into out in the public and thank you, and that means a lot. Right. The people mm-hmm. who are probably having some sort of health scare, maybe yeah. a heart attack or yeah. something of that nature, and here comes Doosan and our EMS folks. Mm-hmm. Um the calls that probably, as you said, don't get a lot of attention. I know we were talking earlier. How many calls do you think you see a day? And 
Can you give us like some insight into what your day looks like? Oh, I mean, 19 years ago, completely different than what it is today. Um, today, we can run anywhere from 30 calls to five, six, seven, eight calls in a day. It just depends. Um, it depends on time of year. You know, around in the wintertime, everybody's inside. We're a little bit busier. And then in spring, it gets nicer out. Everybody's going outside. You get, or I'm sorry, the wintertime is a little bit slower. Then, you know, spring comes around. Everybody's outside. You get, you get a little bit busier. And, I mean, it just it, from day to day, it changes. It's never the same thing the same day. Yeah, I think that would be... Obviously not the same thing every day, and I think that would, on one hand, make it interesting. Yeah. Oh. Um, but on the other, maybe make it a little difficult because you just never know what that call is, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you don't know. You could be going on a chest pain call to drop your patient off at the hospital, or, and then you're turning around going on com- something completely different where, you know, you got to call the guys in from Stat Medivac or Life Flight or something like that. You know, like a trauma call or a burn patient or something like that where they need to be at a definitive facility in a short amount of time. Sure. And I think if I understood from our conversation, you also do a lot of training, right? You personally train people? Uh, I am an instructor, yeah. yeah. Um, we have oh, I want probably eight, nine, eight or nine people over there that we're all instructors. We are to, we are a certified training center as well. We do CPR classes, EMT classes, uh, EMR classes, first aid, and AEMT classes. All right, and so if anybody in the community is interested in that, they can just call Dusan. Yeah, and absolutely. Yep. You ask about those and, classes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we actually just ended a uh, uh, EMR class about a month or so ago. And which e- is EMR? Can you explain that to yeah, us? Yeah. It's an emergency medical responder. Okay. It's what you used. They used to call them first responders, but they got the state got rid of that, and it's now they're called EMRs. Understood. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I think last week uh, you were busy doing prom promise, right? Every yes. year, um, very important time. I think it's a time to uh, sit down with students as they get ready to go to what can be a great night called prom, mm-hmm. um, but a very serious issue about I imagine it's a lot around drinking and driving or things of that nature. Can you tell us about Prom Promise and what that looked like last week? Yeah, actually, um, Sonia and Chief Clark and the school district, everybody involved, Prom Promise was uh, is a really good event. Um, mm-hmm. It's basically, you know, they bring in, State Farm brings in the DUI trailer, and they just, they run those kids through that all day long. And then, you know, they have the crash, which is basically simulates... A drunk driving crash and it really opens up the kids eyes to what could happen if they're drinking and driving and other things like that yeah it's to be a great night but i'm hopeful that uh, you didn't necessarily have to go out to any dui crashes uh, this not past that, prom not that i'm aware of no yeah. i don't i don't think there was any which is exceptional to hear mm-hmm. and obviously but i think um, there's a reason why they have Prom Promise Week, and that's because, unfortunately, it happens across the nation. And yeah. it's got to be just a horrible, uh, horrible anyways, but a horrible night for uh, younger folks who, mm-hmm. one, shouldn't be drinking anyway. They're not old enough. But, yeah. two, uh, to be reminded that very serious situation and not the call that you and your staff would like to get. Yeah. I think Prom Promise has changed over the last, you know, 10, 15 years, too. It used to be just... 
you know, this is what happens or this is what could happen if you drink and drive. But I think over the last several years, they've gotten it. It, it, do, it doesn't only just affect the kids involved, it's family members and, you know, it just goes down the line of who, you know, all the people that it, that it can affect by making those kind of choices. Right. And I think if I remember correctly, like State Farm and everybody, you know, and the police department, they make it look as real as possible. Yeah. yeah damaged absolutely. cars and mm-hmm. what it really looks like. I think people get a a view from movies that's not real mm-hmm. when you see it in real life. It's yeah. pretty gory and pretty, um, it would have an effect on you for sure. Yeah, and it, it is what they do, you know, with the makeup with those kids. And I mean, it is very realistic. Yeah, so. I think that would send a powerful visual of what can mm-hmm. happen. I want to bring in Josh McMinn, too. Um, Jordan Anthony. See, I'm going to mess you guys <laughs> it's up. All right, that's okay. Jordan Anthony, because Jordan, you actually are an EMS, but you come from a different world of EMS, but you were also trained by Josh. And I found that interesting. Yes, this funny morning. enough. <laughs> uh, many, many years ago. But um, yeah, I uh, grew up in Reynoldsville. Um, I ran with the Reynoldsville Ambulance uh, when I was in high school. Um, <clears throat> I honestly don't even really know or remember what got me interested. Uh, I ran with the fire department there in Reynoldsville for a while. I think I remember thinking EMS was a, a little bit cooler, if you would, because they ran a couple more calls a day. So it was a way for me to be what we call a whacker um, and, and get uh, some to help some more people. Uh, so I got involved with that. But I remember being uh, not having my driver's license and riding the bicycle um, down to the Reynoldsville Ambulance to jump on calls uh, to help out with uh, Shelly Harmon and Peach Calderon. Um, so that's what got me interested in it. Um, uh, like you said, Josh taught me in my EMT class uh, back in the day, back in 2008, I think. Um, and then um, I realized you could actually make money for it, uh, <laughs> get paid for it. So I started working at Dubois EMS here in Dubois. Um, and then after high school, I still had an interest in it. So I went to get my paramedic uh, down in Indiana um, and started running as a paramedic. And then I've just always been super interested in the aviation world. Um, so uh, I'm sure everyone's familiar with Stat Medivac and the company I work for now. But to see them fly in uh, really gives you some chills. And it just made me super interested. So kind of worked up my goal um, towards that um, to work for them. and. Uh, I knew they were local and they do great things, so uh, that's where I'm at now. Um, but I'm a flight paramedic for them uh, and also the outreach coordinator uh, for this area. I cover 10 counties total, but my big goal for this week is um, just honoring these guys like Josh um, at Amserv Dusan and, and Dubois EMS and um, all the other local, Reynoldsville, Sykesville, Brady Township, uh, Bennett's Valley, and, and just making sure that... Uh, in this one week that we do get out of the year, um, that they do know that they are appreciated, even though they may not feel appreciated, but uh, it is important. Um, and we just want to make sure that uh, everyone's aware that um, EMS is out there and, and these people do great things. Yeah, and indeed they do. And hopefully they do feel appreciated. I know from talking to you both that uh, it seems like Dusan is having some good meals this week. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and that's a great thing. And, Jordan, it sounds like um, you've gone around to these ambulance departments that you've talked about and have thanked them with uh, what, we, what you call stat swag. Yeah, so uh, we, we got some um, 
duffel bags basically filled them with goodies, uh, chips, sh- sugary candy, all kind of stuff. And then we call it the stat swag. So pens, <laughs> flashlights, hats, um, coffee mugs, stuff like that. We just like to hand out as just a simple thank you for what they do for us. Because quite honestly, uh, in the medevac world without these guys uh you know we we wouldn't exist so they do a lot of the what i call dirty business for us and then we obviously just help these patients get to uh, larger um, hospitals to get their further help that they may need um, for their extent so yeah so um i'm gonna get both of you in on this conversation but can you tell us what like a what a call is like for you obviously two different worlds one is an ambulance showing up one could be the helicopter showing up somewhere. Um, one of you want to weigh in first what that looks like, and if you can give us some details what a call looks like. Well, I know in the, the ground world of things, uh, we're dispatched by the Clearfield County 911 Center. Okay. Um, they get a 911 call. They process it. It's EMD through ProQA. Um, we're dispatched. Our tones are alerted. They give us a response level, which basically dictates whether we're running lights or siren or not um, it, on the nature of the call and the kind of the answers that the patient or the caller has given whenever they're going through that pro-QA process in the EMD process. You know, trying to get through traffic. Sometimes people don't pull over. Sometimes they do. Um, houses that aren't numbered clearly are a big issue a lot of the times. Right. Um, and I know the city has tried. I, I we we did pass an ordinance. Yeah, there was an ordinance. In big numbers, yeah. have, have to be on houses. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's helpful. Yeah, but I, I live out in the country. Yeah. And when I bought my house, for the first three months, it was not numbered. Right. And then, like three months later, I was standing in my driveway. I'm like, I complain about these people, but I'm doing the same thing. <laughs> like, I need to get numbers on my house. Fair. So. Very fair. Yeah. Um, can you t- tell us too? Okay, so you're in an ambulance. There's not a lot of room in an ambulance. There's enough room to put somebody in there. Um, obviously, you've got room to move around, but I think that would make your job difficult. Obviously, the folks who are helping that person are trained and ready to be in those small confined areas. Yeah, um, a lot of our guys and girls, they're very good at what they do in the back of a moving ambulance. Right. Um, it also depends on what road they're on and sure. what kind of shape it's in. If there's anything that is life-threatening, like intervention that we need to do, if we need to, we'll pull over to do that. Okay. Just to yeah. make sure that, you know, it's done right and correct and, you know, you don't want to mess something like that up, bouncing down the road. Sure. And, so, but, I mean, they're, they're very good at what they do. Um in the back of an ambulance going down the road or highway. Right. I mean, every time I see an ambulance, I'm always thinking about, like, I wonder what's going on in the back. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean something is, but it does mean that it's a serious situation for somebody. Mm-hmm. Somebody, yep. Yeah, and I do want to mention that it is state law to pull over, right? It yeah. still is, and people pull, need st- to. Pull over and stop. Pull over yeah, and there's, stop. We run into a lot of people out there that will pull over and continue to drive the speed limit sure. on the berm. Right. And that's, it actually makes it more difficult for us. It's sure. just a lot easier just to pull over to the side of the road and come to a complete stop, let us get around you. And I've lived in a third world nation. I lived in Indonesia, and they have what is an ambulance service. But believe me, you're grateful when you see our ambulance service <laughs> compared to theirs. <laughs> but you also are thankful that people pull over. Um, in Indonesia, they do not. And mm-hmm. so you're just in the line of traffic. And obviously, that's not a good situation. So. 
you're grateful when you need it and that people have pulled over. So yeah. we'll remind our listeners to please pull over and come to a stop, a complete yeah. stop. Um, turn Jordan. Your, turn your music down. Yeah. Yeah, turn <laughs> your music down. <laughs> Jordan, um, a little different, not an ambulance. You're uh, sometimes on a helicopter. And uh, can you tell us what that looks like? Yeah, so obviously uh, we don't have to worry about people pulling over for us. Uh, hopefully, if, right. if we do, that might be a problem. Um, but yeah, uh, we have 18 bases um, total, air bases, um, and then we have critical care ground down in Pittsburgh. But our main um, our main office is located in West Mifflin. But closest um, base to us here uh, is in Clearfield at the Clearfield Airport. Uh, staffed with a flight nurse and a flight paramedic, uh, and then obviously our lovely pilots um, that help us get from point A to point B. Um, little different ball game. Uh, we do a lot of critical care. Um, so people with breathing tubes, uh, people receiving blood. Um, I always say we can kind of do what an ER or an ICU is doing. Uh, we just do it in the back of a helicopter and at 2,000 feet in the air. Mm. Um, it just our main goal is to, is to get these people uh, to larger hospitals. Uh, so say down in Pittsburgh at UPMC Presby or Mercy. Um, just to try and get them a higher level extent of care where there's a couple more resources. Um, but we, um, you know, we just focus on stabilizing these patients and believe it or not, uh, we actually, I, I say 70, 30, so 70% uh, of what we do is the interfacility stuff. So our hospital here in Dubois down to Pittsburgh, or we'll really go anywhere, Cleveland Clinic, um, up to Buffalo, uh, out to Geisinger Medical Center, out in Danville. Um, and then about 30% uh, is our vehicle accidents, um, people falling off ladders, uh, you know, um, just getting these people to trauma centers or, or appropriate stroke center. Um, so that's really what we do. But like I said, it, it goes back on these guys um, here at Doosan and, and working with them. So they initiate the call if they need us, um, if they realize that the, the patient could use a better resource somewhere else. Um, and that's kind of where we come into play or they uh, could use our jet fuel to get them there faster. Uh, so super important. Uh, it's a great resource uh, we have here in our community. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that we actually have bases so close. So Clearfield, Clarion, Altoona, um, everyone thinks we kind of come from Pittsburgh, right. mm -hmm. uh, but that's not the case. We are, we are close. Um, it's about a 10 minute flight over from Clearfield to Dubois. So we can be here super quick uh, if we need to be. Yeah, that is super quick. And uh, I would imagine that uh, you have been on flights to treat people. Can you tell us what it's like on that? Yeah, so um, it, it is, it's a little bit uh, more training, um, something you kind of have to work up to. So uh, we spend an extensive amount after you get hired with us. Uh, you actually spend about 12 weeks on orientation um, learning about critical care. And, Quite honestly, sometimes I don't even feel like a paramedic anymore. I feel more like an ICU nurse or an ER nurse, um, and no disrespect to them, but uh, it's just uh, it's a little more advanced care. Um, it's just studies of giving blood and using a ventilator, yeah. uh, you know, to keep people in a coma for say. Um, but that's not every uh, call for say. You know, sometimes, like I said, you, they might need the jet fuel, so they're having a stroke. Um, you know, and we know those are time sensitive, so right. they need more of the jet fuel and the speed than they do the aspect of critical care. Um, so just getting them down to Pittsburgh or down to Altoona to uh, 
to the stroke center to have like a thrombectomy to, to get the clot removed from uh, their brain. So everything differs. Uh, and that's why I kind of always say, and I'm sure Josh might agree, that's another reason we get into it uh, is kind of the adrenaline rush. Uh, you just, you walk in at 8 a.m. and you really have no idea what you're going to do for the day. And, right. mm-hmm. um, same goes for both of us. You, you don't know if you're going to end up in... Um, Pittsburgh, or you'll be in Ohio for the day, New York for the day. Uh, you just don't really know where you're going to end up. So it is kind of different. So, Yeah, and I think with that, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Jordan and Josh. And we thank you both for your service to us. Absolutely. Contact on Connect FM is brought to you in part by Lifespan Family Services, located in Dubois Mall for local adoption and foster care services. Each day in Pennsylvania, there's at least 15,000 children taken from their homes due to abuse or neglect. Foster parents provide homes to these needy children. Lifespan Family Services trains, supports, and compensates foster parents to address this problem. Call Lifespan Family Services today at 375-1314 or drop in at the Dubois Mall or at Lane Avenue in Punxsutawney. Lifespan Family Services, helping people help children every day. 375-1314. Welcome back to Contact on Connect FM. I'm your host, Michael Clement. We're having a great conversation this morning with Jordan Anthony and Josh McMahon, both who uh, serve us through EMS services. Uh, they serve our community, and we want to honor them this week for National EMS Week. Uh, gentlemen, uh, we only have a couple of minutes, but one thing that is serious to our community, very serious, is uh, recruitment for EMS and how you guys got involved and how we get uh, more folks involved in this process. Uh, if you'll both take a minute and tell us how folks can ha- get that training, uh, Josh, that would be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we do offer EMT classes, EMR classes. Uh, we can teach up to a advanced EMTs. Uh, if that's something somebody's interested in, give the station a call, talk to our training and education coordinator, and she can get you set up with the next class. And you know, We've been lucky in this area, fortunate, that, but you see it all over the news, and Jordan can vouch. Uh, there's EMS agencies all over the nation closing, closing down, lack of volunteers and mm, lack of people. Yeah, that's not good. And obviously, more rural communities, probably harder at times. Yeah. Um, big cities have different budgets and different things they can do. But uh, Jordan? Yeah, they. Um, I don't really like the term or never really thought I would hear it, but they are calling it the EMS crises. Um, so it is a real thing, um, and it's important. I mean, you, you don't really want to go about and think about having to call 911 uh, for your loved one and nobody shows up right. or to hear that there's an extended ETA of 45, 50 minutes for an ambulance to get to your house. So mm. it's a real thing. Uh, like Josh said, we, we have volunteer agencies closing, uh, not in just in this area, it's all over the nation. I cover 10 counties total uh, for outreach and they're closing everywhere. So it is scary. Uh, it, it is putting a strain on our paid people. Um, the call volume is tripling, so uh, it's getting busy. So if you want to help and, and you have an interest in it, you know, reach out, uh, Josh and them at Ducey would be a great contact to get started. And any advice for uh, young folks who are in college who are thinking about this world? Yeah, I think it's uh, it, it can be a career, um, but it's also a good stepping stone. So if you're interested in nursing or to become a physician's assistant or a physician, or you want to be a flight paramedic or flight nurse, it, it's a good thing to get you started, get your feet wet, and, uh, and help you out to, to get a good fundamental basis of what's going on. 
Yes, and I just want to thank you both for uh, your service to our community. Um, also to our listeners, uh, Sunny 106 is having an exceptional EMT. Uh, please go and vote for your favorite EMT on Sunny 106. And with that, I want to just thank you all for your service to our community. Uh, very, very important to us. So thank you, Jordan Anthony and Josh McMinn, for stopping in. Thank, thank you, you so much for having us. All right. Have a wonderful day.